Hello and welcome to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer medium. My name is Luke Smith. My name is Sebastian. And uh, I'm just I I I well I mean it, we we have a situation. Oh my gosh, I'm not one of those words were fully formed. Um, <laughs> let's try that again. Uh -huh. uh, I was going to say I can barely see you uh, on the Zoom camera there, but uh, yet again, none of our listeners can see us either. So we remain visually a mystery. So yes, yes. That's always uh, always the great uh, great thing. Uh, now uh, we are we are timer recording is mm -hmm. uh, Labor Day. Uh, we are Monday mm -hmm. on Labor Day. Uh, I'm I'm sure some of the folks listening to us uh, may be listening uh, a little uh, a little after the fact. Uh, now, Sebastian, how are yes. you doing? Did you did you put some of the uh, the flirting tips and tricks? Uh, from Benjamin, the flirt coach, uh, to some good practice? Uh, I mean, uh, I have a partner already. So mostly what I do is I just say things like, I like you, and then that makes him blush, and then that's good enough. Um, and I, I obviously I should put in more effort than that, but I don't know, just uh, surprising him sometimes, you know? Like, we'll just be con talking about chicken wings, as one does, or whether or not pineapple belongs on pizza. And just right in the middle of it, I'll just say, like, I like you, by the way. And and then he always is like, oh, gosh. And that's, yeah. The, the, there, there's something about the surprise of it, the, the the shifting tone. Or sometimes I'll start a boring conversation specifically for the purpose of surprising him later. I've done that a couple times. Yeah. I like it. I try and do the same, although I think... Uh... I think Sebastian, not Sebastian, you're Sebastian. I'm uh, Sebastian. I think uh, Jake has come to uh, survive, surviving, well, uh, surprising Jake, uh, my partner, has become a bit of uh, a bit of a challenge. He's not easily surprised, is that man. Have um, you tried hiding in a cupboard? I have not yet tried hiding in a cupboard. It would have to be a rather <laughs> large cupboard for me to fit. Uh, well, you have a rather large cupboard. You have two very large cupboards. I've, I've seen your house. Uh, but I, I want to tell you a story about one time when I was in high school and I came home. And uh, after a while, I go to the kitchen pantry and then my mom jumps out and goes, ah. and then I, I do the usual, you know, I scream and go, ah, I am so surprised. And then I sit there and I think about it. I'm like, wait, I've been in the kitchen for the past half hour and I was doing other stuff for 15 minutes before that. Which means my mother was waiting in that pantry for at least 45 minutes, just waiting for me to open that door. And she later confessed it was closer to an hour. <laughs> um, so that's dedication. If you really want to surprise someone, you got to hide yourself in that pantry. She had to move the potatoes out of the way so she had enough room because, you know, you always put the potatoes on the ground. It was just it was an ordeal. But, yeah, that's dedication. That is dedication to the craft. Uh, and I, maybe you could consider doing that. Is really what I'm trying to say. <laughs> to to commit to hiding in a in a in a pantry for for an hour. You know that might that might well work. I think that that's not uh, not outside the realms of possibility. But I think it's also important to to just really. It's about not necessarily about spending the hour hiding in a pantry, uh, mm -hmm. or in a cupboard, or in a closet. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's about the intention it's the time you're thinking it's it's doing something yeah. for others absolutely it's always a great uh, great time i just realized that our um theme tune is just playing on repeat here over the left uh, just on just over and over again um, so oh no i know poor uh, poor theme tunes having its 
going to be threadbare. It's going to be so worn out. Um, mm-hmm. Excellent. So uh, I suppose the big, big gay news uh, right. is the government of Canada issuing uh, actual advice. I mean, I'm sure they, they attempt to issue advice oh. uh, all over the place. Um, but yeah, Global Affairs Canada uh, announcing that uh, they've, well, they provided new guidance on uh, LGBT folks going into the United States. Now, oh. the whole wide world is like, wait, even Canada is on the fence about visiting uh, the States? Um, I, I, I may be in a different boat from you, but I, I genuinely think this announcement is fishy and half-baked, and uh, I think a midwit made this decision. Um, or at least the way that it was executed was very mid in terms of quality and forethought. Uh, If you go to the actual statement, what it says is that there are some states that have some laws that are unfriendly to some LGBTQ people. Uh, They don't name names. They don't say where you can go. So apparently like just the, the, the way that it is, it is sort of half framed. Um, I don't know. It feels like are, are are we are is Vermont unfriendly? Like they're not known for being unfriendly. Is is the state of of Washington unfriendly? I mean, Seattle has a good reputation. Should we be avoiding California? I don't know. Like I, I think there's sort of an obviously we're talking about Alabama and South Dakota kind of a situation. Well, then mm-hmm. then say that. You know, you're if you're going to give this kind of advice, travel advice that. Uh, and you don't want ramifications from the the bad optics and embarrassing our neighbors to the south. Then don't make the announcement. If you're going to make the announcement, just dedicate yourself to it. You know, do it properly or don't do it. There's something about this that I just I don't know. And even then, what it says is uh, a lot of the policies that they're warning against is how children are treated in schools, which has no impact on tourists, and it has warnings against um, the legal status of drag. Now, depending on what state you're going to, that could be very relevant. But in a lot of them, it's really more about drag performers. Now, this this kind of has sort of a NIMBY kind of a quality. Not NIMBY. Uh, more like it doesn't affect me. Like, if you're not a drag queen and you're going to the States, it's not going to affect you. Is that fair? Now, if they were to say, if you don't want to support these states with your tourist dollars because of the things they're doing, then you should avoid them. I would be 100% on board with that. But the way they phrased this travel advisory was basically like, if you go there, you will be subjected to medieval torture. It was just... I mean, I'm going to stop you right there. It's a I'm little gonna, bit gonna, histrionic. No, it's a little you. histrionic. No, no, no. I'm going to stop you right there. Because the wording on the travel.gc.ca, the official mm-hmm. advice says, and I quote here directly, word for some word, read states it. have enacted laws and policies that may affect 2S LGBTQ plus persons mm-hmm. check relevant state laws and local laws, state and local laws. And, you know, they're not wrong. You know, there have been uh, changes to access to healthcare. So if you're trans and you're going to um, Texas, for example, you know, mm-hmm. checking local state laws could well be uh, some good guidance. You mm-hmm. know, if you're a drag performer and you're heading down to South Carolina because you're maybe lost, um, you know, then checking local laws makes sense. You know, there is uh, changes if you're heading there as a student. Uh, mm. Florida and Texas have just excluded, have just been dropped from lists of pro-LGBTQ 
um, universities because they are not. You know, there it's more about, and and this is like the the histrionics. I think is not here from the government. They've essentially said, look, you know, they they have advice on dual citizenship, on mm -hmm. prescription medicine, on cannabis. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. for example, I'll read the cannabis one here. Although the possession of cannabis is legal in some U.S. state, it remains illegal under U.S. federal law in any mm -hmm. form and quantity, making it illegal to bring across the border. Do not attempt to cross the border with cannabis. You know, it's more about if yeah. you're traveling, be aware of this, check out yeah. that. You know, I think it's more of an exercise in um covering their own backs you know oh i went to the states and i got stuck okay. or i went to the yeah. states and i didn't have access to health care the government mm -hmm. can say well did you read the official advice which said this might be something you want to look at you i think know? a rule of thumb in general is the longer you're going to be at a place the more this kind of thing is relevant so if you're worried about access to health care and you are you have a layover in atlanta uh which if you've ever had a layover in atlanta it's hell I'm sorry, but the, the the Atlanta airport is hell. I, that's kind of a that's that's not a racy opinion. But if you're there overnight, chances are you're not going to break your leg. You're not going to need uh, uh, emergency medical care. You're probably going to make your flight. You're probably going to be fine. If you're going to be there for a week, if you're going to be there for a month, if you're going to be there for three months for some reason, um, then yeah, the the longer and this is true in general for travel. The longer you are at a place, the more this kind of thing is relevant. I wouldn't even bother looking up the, the status of you know LGBTQ rights in Qatar if I had to lay over there if I was only there for two hours. Um, also, the airport is I don't know it's ambiguous. It's kind of international land. It's kind of not international. But anyway, um, but yeah, the for sure the longer you are in a place, the more relevant it is. And if you're going there for business, if you're just going there for a day or two, if you're passing through the state, like I wouldn't, if you're going on a, a, a road trip from here to Louisiana and Louisiana is a weird thing because they're kind of super liberal and they're kind of super conservative. It just depends on where you are in the state. And actually Louisiana has a huge drag scene in, uh, in New Orleans. So let's say you're going down to Louisiana and you have to pass through some states. I wouldn't necessarily say drive around those states. Like, don't add those eight hours to your road trip. Um, just book it through the states and don't get into any car accidents. Just drive maturely, drive safely, pass through the state. That's not the worst thing ever. Uh, this is it's it's not a war zone. Like, I don't know some of the some of the the advice, the way that it's been framed. Not only that, but the way that it's been framed by some media outlets is just it's too much. If they're basically saying. Pay attention before you go there, especially if you're going to be there for a period of time. That's fair. Also, actually, if you want to say things like a lot of people are saying you as a tourist are not going to run into anything if you go to Florida. But if you don't want to support them with your tourist dollars, then be aware of the following laws. I think that's 100 percent fair. But I don't know. I, I think a travel advisory to the United States is weird. It would be like, I don't know, it'd be like a travel advisory against Norway. Like, what are you going to run Norway up against? Norway isn't as a banning participation in sports for trans folks. Norway isn't, you know, um, changing access to healthcare in the same way. You know, but there are, what is it, 182 countries? And the Canadian government, there is some, some boffin, 
in a dimly, I was going to say a dimly lit cubicle, but we all mm. know the government primarily works from home now. So yeah. some boffin in a dimly lit home office, um, mm -hmm. you know, whose remit is probably South America and North America and, you know, has just routinely updated them. You know, the government routinely updates these travel advisories for countries Ooh. all over the world. Yep. And most of these updates are relatively benign. You know, I'm yep. wondering if um, what the updated information is for, for example, Nigeria um, or uh, the various countries in Africa that are currently under the you know throes of a military coup. I, I mean, I'm, famously, a lot of Caribbean islands will get a one-week-long travel advisory under no circumstances should you go to Antigua or Barbados. Uh, because there's a tropical storm like that, that kind of thing does happen. So the, the frequent small updates, I think is completely fair. And sometimes things change, you know, uh, don't go to the following place. It's currently on fire. Don't go to the current, to the, the, this place. It recently had an earthquake and the, the infrastructure's in recovery, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Totally fair. Totally fair. It should be updated, uh, probably weekly. I think daily is a bit much. Um, but yeah, I not that. I think the government, I mean, the, the Guardian, amongst others, interviewed Helen Kennedy. We, we know Helen Kennedy. She's great. She is the executive director of EGAL Canada. EGAL mm -hmm. Canada is a national uh, charity that works on LGBTQ issues. Um, mm -hmm. She said, you know, we're pleased that our government has issued this advisory. I think it's important for members of our LGBTQ community here in Canada to understand the issue. She goes on to say, it is somewhat alarming when the neighbor is imposing and acting these pieces of legislation. And then refers to the incident of the Californian business lady um, who had a pride flag and then she was shot and killed. Uh, they've actually released a version of the pride flag that has a symbol that represents her. I think the issue here of the increased spate in violence against queer folks uh, in the States is not what's mentioned in this travel advisory. Mm. You know, mm. this travel advisory is talking about law, uh, state and local law, and how that yeah, impacts yeah. changes to access. But yep. it's triggered a bit of a debate around the safety and the culture of doing so. There was a, another open letter um, talking about, you know, there was a journalist, an international journalist based out of the UK, who's never felt as unsafe as walking around in New York, of all places, as openly mm -hmm. gay. You know, clearly may not have traveled particularly worldly at that point. But I think at that point, I would almost hazard a guess and say, you know, if we're concerned about overall safety, we should be concerned about travel to London, uh, where just, <laughs> uh, you know, London, UK, not, well, anyway, I mean, no slight on London, Ontario, but I'm sure anyone going there is also slightly concerned, um, mm. but for other reasons. But London, UK has had a spate of stabbings outside of gay bars. You mm. know what I mean? In the last couple of weeks, I think there were two or three incidents uh, mm -hmm. where folks had, had been stabbed outside of gay bars. And likewise, in the States, there's been a number of events. I think even just a few days ago, someone in Orlando was um, attacked outside of a gay bar. Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like there needs to be two separate advisories. We've talked about this before uh, with reference to, I mean, there's a bunch of places in Europe and South America that have this this division where if you're looking at state support, things like, you know, legal protections that you can't lose your home, your job, your health care, your life insurance, your visitation rights because of your sexual or gender identity, 
uh, the state is fine. It is a good, fine country to live in, but the culture is different. So something I discovered uh, when I actually uh, went to visit my partner in the Netherlands uh, was a Dutch culture outside of The Hague in Amsterdam is not super gay friendly. They're not overtly homophobic, but they're also not very gay friendly either. So, but the Netherlands famously at the legal level, incredibly liberal, very mm. progressive, some of the best protections in Europe. Uh, but the, it's the difference between saying like, you know, and, and this is the classic example. This is where Canada was in the seventies. The idea being, uh, if you're going to be homophobic, do that on your own time, but the state shouldn't have any business in the bedrooms of the people. Um, the state versus the culture the culture the culture is what the culture is but should the state get involved and that was there, there's a lot of countries that have gone down that road of like you know we're a catholic country we're a conservative country we're an orthodox country we're a muslim country um but as far as we're concerned the, the government has no business stepping in on this so there is that division there are some some countries that you can travel to with your partner like this is something i discovered when i lived in japan um don't make it known that you're a gay couple. Just just say that you are two men traveling. And if they ask you what the nature of your relationship is, just say none of your business. You don't have to lie and say we're just friends or roommates or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just say it's none of your business. We're just two guys who are traveling together. A lot of reason why people travel together. Um, but it, it, it's it's at the state level, they're pretty friendly. The culture, they're okay. It's, it's just sort of like how safe is it? it to travel and i really do wish that when they give these travel advisors they talked about that like if you're going to run into trouble is it going to be in the hospital or is it going to be in the streets and i think those are that that is a very important distinction that isn't really brought up clearly with some of these travel advisories some of them are just say just don't go to this place and there's a few places in the world uh that are let's say conflict zones where it's yeah fair enough um but i don't know being more clear about whether it's the state or the culture that that makes it a dangerous place to go to or if there's, you know, a recent increase in homophobic attacks on the streets. Again, like you said, London, kind of dangerous right now. Uh, Manchester in uh, the Canal District, uh, uh, a little bit getting a little bit of uh, more news reports, not quite deadly, um, but still concerning. But the rest of England, like if, if you're going to. I don't know. Uh, if you're Kent. going to York. Okay. <laughs> I love how we both chose random, you know. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere with a shire in the name, you mm. know. Uh, 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 Nottingham. Like, you're going to be fine in Nottingham. I love how you picked somewhere that didn't have shire in the name. Oh, well. Yeah, but whatever. no, you, I get it. I get it. You know, yeah. the, the Canadian government page on travel... And your sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, and sex mm. characteristics uh, does give a bit more detail. Really, they're like, okay, you're traveling somewhere. There's been a link on the country you've looked at mm -hmm. to say, look at more. And now they're like, okay, before you go, look into whether or not laws criminalize same-sex activities and relationships. Look mm -hmm. at whether or not your laws criminalize people based on gender identity. Um, I think some Canadian passports have um, X as an identifier on their passports, mm -hmm. uh, but not all countries will accept that. So mm -hmm. finding out before you get there is a useful piece of uh, information. Mm -hmm. um, you know, assuming under personal safety, it says assume that your social media accounts will be viewed by local authorities, uh, including Ooh. at the border. 
You know, people True. tend to forget that. Usually the American border uh, would like to see what your social media accounts are. Um, yeah, all of these things are, are relevant. You know, if you're in some, some rural uh, hotbed of a backwater in Florida, for example, and an officer has to see your social media, uh, are you prepared for that? Are you prepared for that uh, scenario to, to unfold? And they also go on to talk about relationships and services, traveling with children um, and having your legal documentation, especially if you're a same-sex couple. So, the, yep. you know, it gets tricky. Let's not beat around the bush here. You, the United States of America still remains a, broadly speaking, very, very, very safe country to go and visit. Yes. Um, but it is also becoming quite a radical country to come go visit and doing so uh, you just have to exercise a bit of caution and I think I'm not the only one here because the Pope um, recently mm -hmm. referred to the Catholic Church in the United States as reactionary uh, they've also been very very critical of him uh, most recently um, including actually the Brigham Un Young University, which is, a, I believe, a Catholic. Uh, actually, I think that's an, a, it's a Mormon church, um, has been banning people. But yeah, the Americans, the United States of America, there are many elements within it, certain states, mm -hmm. certain um, uh, local communities, certain institutions of education, certain sports authorities that are mm -hmm. taking a far more radical stance on this than elsewhere. Um, we certainly do hear, you know, what they say, the squeaky wheel. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, it's one of those issues. There's the, the oh, what is it called? The, the There's a name for the, the media bias of if it bleeds, it leads, where mm. uh, things look worse than they are because it's not profitable to tell happy news. Um, a lot of the places in the States, even the ones with a very bad reputation, are still not as bad as they're cracked up to be like when you're reading the news you're looking at all of the bad incidents and even though in florida it's about once a month the fact that there's about one bad incident per month in florida and it almost never has anything to do with tourists now again if you don't want to go to florida you don't want to give them your tourist dollars i accept that but if you're worried if you're if you're afraid of your physical safety going to florida like it is bad for business if Miami and Orlando get a reputation for violence. Like, they are going to well, crack down on that kind of thing. Well, we talked before about the fact that the, 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 the tourism uh, organizations for the state of Florida were targeting, were sending out targeted ads, being like, yeah. we were a top pride destination in, you know, last year, and, you know, come mm -hmm. and check us out, uh, which they were prior to a whole uh, swath of new laws enacted by Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they are absolutely, you're absolutely right, the tourism board, and there was an LGBT organization in the States um, that have declared an emergency and a local organization in Florida, we mentioned it a few weeks ago, that issued a travel advisory to the rest of the United States saying, don't come here. You know what I mean? And it's there's an example I want to I want to tell you about. Uh, it is in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. There are four pediatric cardiologists. Now, for okay. those who are like, okay, what is that? That's that's a doctor that specializes in children's hearts, specifically uh, around the surgery. Only four of them. Okay. And one of them, uh, Jake Klein, Klein Mahan, Mahan, Mahon, 
Jake, I'm just going to refer to him as Jake moving forward, mm-hmm. um, has decided that he's going to leave New Orleans um, and uh, is going to go elsewhere because the state of Louisiana overrode a governor's veto against changes to access to trans health care. Um, and the writings on the wall, the guy's like, I don't feel safe in my same-sex partnership in this city, in this country, in this state, sorry, uh, mm-hmm. with the laws being enacted at the state level. So now one quarter of the state's pediatric cardiologists has now got up and moved. And mm-hmm. I bring this up as a bit of an, he really is an extreme example yeah. of... He's also a resident, which is, things are going to impact him different than us as tourists would, but yes. But the point I'm kind of circling the the drain for here is the unintended consequences. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now, all of the parents, if I was a parent in Louisiana, and I had a small child with the slightest heart murmur, or, mm-hmm. or any condition to now mm-hmm. know that my uh, the waiting list for that's you know that care has gone up by twenty five percent just by virtue of one quarter of them leaving, mm-hmm. you know that's it's it's grim. It's it's something that we need to consider, and I think that that is sort of the broader point here. The government of Canada isn't saying, "Hey, panic bells, don't go to Florida. It's the worst." They're yeah, saying, yeah. look, if you're going here, if you're going to anywhere in the United States, take a little bit of time, do a little bit of due diligence, and just verify. Is this something that, you know, am, am I likely to potentially run into some kind of trouble here? You know what I mean? I mean, I would say that for all tourism, really. Absolutely. And again, the longer you're there, the more relevant that is. So something that that I discovered, I mean, I don't want to keep going back to the Netherlands, but I mean, I do want to keep going back to the Netherlands. I don't want to keep going back to my having gone to the Netherlands. Um, uh, something I did not realize until I was there is that uh, the the reputation for weed being legal is not entirely true. It's not legal. It's decriminalized which is different because that means if anything else, because you're going from Canada to the Netherlands, even though possession of weed is legal in both countries, you still shouldn't take it with you on the plane. Not unless there's probably some paperwork or something you fill out because possession of weed over a certain amount is still criminal there. So Mm -hmm. you got to double check. You got to make sure what are the right amounts? Is there paperwork I have to fill out? What do I do? Do I need a reason for it? Blah, blah, blah. Or you could just buy it when you get there, whatever. But it is the kind of thing you should double check. You shouldn't just assume, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's legal here, it's legal there. I'm going from here to there. Never mind the fact that I'm going through international uh, air uh, in between the two places. It's legal here. It's legal there. Yeah, just go. It's not that easy. You should double check. All right. We'll be jumping into some other big stories of the day. This is Spinning Wheel by Geordie Gordon. And we will be back just after this. There was a painting in that room where I would stay with you A little girl that's lost her way into a copse of spruce Looking across the river to a clearing in the green Ooh, Amazed at what she sees I asked your grandmother Tales be real Like in the books that pile up beside your spinning wheel Oh grandson in this universe there are many worlds like this Ooh, many places 
Welcome back to Cancrium, home of Canada's Queen Medium. My name remains Luke Smith. And I'm a Libra. You are a Libra. This is true. <laughs> a lot of people don't think I am. My birthday is actually at the end of September. Everyone assumes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't even believe in that stuff. I don't know why I said that. I'm Sebastian. How do you do? I am doing okay. Now, I have a very important piece of news. Uh, our long-term listeners to Can Queer, home of Canada's Queer Media, will know that uh, every May there is an occasion that uh, really just uh, makes our year. It, it is some. It is when we when we wander away from uh, Canadian content with quite uh, vigor and enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. uh, we we see your requirements and we raise you. No, no, no. It's time for Eurovision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, does this have to do with Europe and for some reason Israel, Azerbaijan, and Australia? <laughs> yes, the the famous European countries of Australia and Israel. Um, absolutely. <laughs> no, that's. Uh, I'm glad you glad you mentioned that. No, I I have a Eurovision Song Contest story. Um, uh -huh. Now the finals generally happen in May. Uh -huh. Most people don't get really anything happening until uh, until earlier there. Um, so I believe the next country to be hosting it is going to be Sweden. Uh, mm -hmm. And that is after Loreen became the first person to win the song contest twice, twice. Um, bringing it back to Sweden uh, again. It's going to be in Malmo. Uh, and the finals are taking place on the 11th of May in 2024. Mm -hmm. However... Belgium has decided that uh, now is the perfect time to. They've already. They've. They've. They're like, okay, well, we're fresh off of Eurovision 2023. Uh, let's just immediately announce who's going to compete in Eurovision 2024 on behalf of Belgium, and that is the Belgian Euro, uh, drag race judge. Musty is okay. going to be competing uh, for okay. Belgium. 
So a Belgian uh, actor and singer uh, is always very, very well uh, established in uh, in Belgium and, of course, by extension across the uh, the U.S. Um, folks, our Canadian listeners may recognize Musty because uh, our very own Rita Baga out of Montreal um, is one of the other judges on the Belgian uh, drag race. So drag race. Belgium, I suppose it's called. Um, oh, sorry, Drag Race Belgique, I think it's uh, the actual phrase. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, I just thought I'd share with you that Belgium has already announced their Eurovision contestant. Not that I'm following it like a hawk, but I mm-hmm. certainly am keeping a keen interest. Now, we have a whole bunch of other international news, not a huge amount of that sort of um, jumping up to the top, but I think you saw something coming out of Lebanon, Yes, um, it's a very fresh story. So the the details are, well, I mean, it's kind of fresh, but it's also kind of old. There has been a shift over the past 10 years in Lebanon with regards to their relationship with the LGBT community. So for quite some time, Israel and Lebanon both had a reputation for being pretty uh, gay-friendly tourist locations. But uh, recently there was a shift in the... Uh, political output for some reason where they are starting to um, it's at the political level it's not necessarily laws being uh, in place yet it is politicians starting to talk about uh, rainbows gay movies um, LGBTQ identities a lot of the terminology as being sort of like anti-Lebanese and not welcome within the country now I think this is this is the old problem that you always have to dig into. And because it's so new, it is very difficult to find information. Because if you remember, years ago, there, there was that story out of Iran where the then president of Iran said, no, prime minister said uh, there were no gays in Iran. And then later on, it turned out that was a translation error where he, he said, basically, there are homosexuals. But gay is a Western phenomenon. We have our own thing going on. I don't know if this is an anti-Western thing or if this is an anti like homosexual and like, I, I don't know at what level we're looking at. Is this culture or is this sexual identity? Um, and uh, there, there is news coming out from Beirut that this may or may not turn into law. There's a lot of pressure from Iraq. Apparently um, I really wish that uh, it's so weird. This is on sort of like a, a politics watch level at this point in time. And it's not really, uh, I don't know. I wish I could give you more. Uh, but anyway, they, so there was, um, there was uh, article 534, which is in the Lebanese legal system, which did decriminalize um, LGBT identities. And they were thinking about overturning it. And that's basically it. Um it's it's kind of a short story at this point in time. I'd I'd like to tell you more, but it's sort of an update. Well, there was a I I have a bit of a a, a small story. Well, maybe mm-hmm. not small. This is it was an interesting story because I think um, we've seen a lot of rhetoric come up, but this is perhaps the best example of it sort of crystallizing into a clear response. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with the Queenstown Lakes District Council? Queenstown Lake Lakes District Council. No. So the Queenstown 
Lakes District Council in New Zealand, um, okay. they recently had some graffiti painted on the side of one of their churches. Uh, sorry, okay. not churches, on the side of one of their libraries. Okay. Uh, and the, the graffiti said um, child groomer or child grooming was what it is. And the mayor of the Queenstone Lake District Council, um, trying to mayor Lewis, um, issued a statement. Um, they, you know, really talking about how right now they're celebrating Pride in Queenston, um, mm-hmm. at the lake in 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 the Lake District, um, and how this aligns with a whole bunch of what they do. You know, they do some things with sports, and they go on so on and so forth. Uh, I'll read a quick quote here, and, I, and the quote goes: "As mayor, these values are of great importance to me. I am extraordinarily proud to represent all of our community." regardless of race, gender, disability, religion, or gender and sexual identity. Council's mm-hmm. commitment to the Pride Pledge goes back several years, thanks to our former Jim Bolt. It is one aspect of how we strive to reflect the diversity and promote tolerance across all members of our community. He goes on to say, it, is th- it has therefore been saddening to see a small voice in our community that has chosen to try to undermine and derail these events and question Council's commitment to inclusion and representation. However much, however much these people feel they are well-intentioned vandalism, particularly that which is organized, premeditated, and carrying divisive sentiment will not and cannot be tolerated. Neither will direct threats to our staff or the people freely giving of these time to enable these events. Whether it's defacing or ripping down posters, trolling social media, hiding or stealing books that don't align with your personal views, or spray painting offensive statements on or around council facilities, these acts do not reflect the outlook shared by the Queensland Lakes District Council, myself, or I strongly believe the vast majority of the community. He goes on to say, A recent spray-painted claim that one of Council Rainbow's reading sessions was, quote, child grooming, end quote, is in my view bullying and bigotry masquerading as concern about the extreme sexualization of children. I was initially hesitant about including the specific wording of the graffiti, but I think it's important on this occasion to be upfront in order to provide a full explanation of why, on behalf of thousands of others, I oppose it. Uh, and then he goes on to give a bit more detail after that. The reason why this has sort of bubbled up is this accusation of being a child groomer has has, has appeared... Uh, in any conversation around education, books, the the various book bans that we talked about, the various changes to child education that we've talked about, this mm-hmm. this um, long-standing stereotype that gay men or, by extension, trans men or women are inherently dangerous to children. And I think that that's what this mayor is calling out. He's like, look, you know, this is a library event. Everyone's been triple-checked. You know, this is just because you personally disagree with it. You're going to graffiti this property, uh, you know, words related to extreme child exploitation, which is absolutely not what's happening. So I think it really, I wanted to point to this tiny story out of New Zealand because this mayor really tackled that accusation head on. 
you know, and we're we're not really seeing it addressed in much of as much of a direct way uh, elsewhere in the world where these accusations have bubbled up. Hmm. I mean, I would like to see education reform, but that's in a very different direction. Mm. I, I would think, love to see the trivium come back, but <laughs> I think it's the the modern equivalent of bringing up the Nazis. You know, the idea that you've lost an argument when you reference the Nazis, mm. with the exception oh, now of maybe the neo Nazis. But yeah, it's not Hanlon's razor. There's a name for that. I mean, there's reductio ad Hitlerum is one of the names for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That it, yeah, the moment you compare something to the Nazis, you're you, you've lost the argument. Which is a pity because sometimes the Nazis are the best comparison for somebody's actions. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I've gotten into, I've gotten, I've gotten some eyebrows raised when someone compared something to the Nazis, and I'm like, well, really, Pol Pot is a, a better example. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. likewise, I think that this default of you know, the, if it's trans in- engagement with youth around LGBTQ identities, or if it's uh, access to books, the the default mm. being like, oh, child groomer, mm-hmm. you know, it is exactly that. It's it's uh, throwing an extreme ultimatum because who's who's going to agree with it? Who's going to say, oh, well, actually, you know, only no, absolutely not. Everyone, everyone, with obviously mm-hmm. the exception of the folks themselves, everyone yeah. is not in favor of child grooming. Like that's, no, I, exactly, I feel like that's yeah. a very reasonable fact. I think all of our listeners can you agree? Yes, child grooming bad very bad do not do mm-hmm. not do um whereas uh you know and, and it really it's it's it is it's designed to shut down debate you know it is just, designed to shut down discussion in general i mean it's all just thought terminating cliches exactly. i wish instead of throwing around words people would actually listen to, listen to each other because what's happening now is one side says oh you're a groomer the other side says well you're just a homophobe and and i i, I kind of wish people would just sit down and say what are your concerns what are your motivations why are you doing this? Why are you against this? Why are you for this? Like, what is going on really? Because I don't think name calling is going to get anywhere. And there have been people who are saying things like, you know, why are we why are we teaching this in schools when uh, literacy rates are mediocre and uh, most kids don't know how to cook their own food at home or something like that? That kind of I find that to be more compelling of like maybe we should improve the education system overall. Uh, I'm like, well, okay, yeah, fair enough. You know, if the numbers are there, I mean, it depends on where you are in the world. Some places they're they're fine, and other places you read the out, you know, the, the the outputs of the education system. How many people are illiterate? How many people can't do math? How many people can't do their own taxes? That kind of thing. Um, then yeah, it's like oh, okay, fair enough. But I don't know. It, in general, I just wish people would actually make their 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 arguments clearer. You know, state their case. Why do you believe what you believe? Uh, and not just resort to name calling because I don't know. Maybe you could convince someone. Maybe you could be convinced. I don't know. Just standing behind placards with with mean words on them. Uh, I don't think that's ever changed anyone's mind, has it? I don't know. Just I don't know. Just step up and 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 make your make your case. That's that's what I say on both sides, really. Even because if someone is calling you a groomer, tell them why you're not. You know, show them why you're not. Make make it go away forever. Don't just say, "Well, you're just homophobic, you're just transphobic," and 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 lob I, a word I, at them. I disagree here because this the issue here is LGBT folks are doing uh, the kind of work that we've been doing for the last ten years, 
Mm-hmm. And if gay men have to prove that they're not groomers, that is an accusation that gay men as a whole have been fighting for absolutely decades. You know, whereas statistically speaking, the vast majority of of uh, of folks who have been convicted of those crimes uh, are not gay men and certainly not drag queens. You know, you compare the number of parish priests to the number mm-hmm. of drag queens who have been convicted of paedophilia. Um, there is, it's not a very fair comparison. You know, we are. It, I just I think it is throwing a firebomb to distract from the many other issues of the day. I don't think it should be on the queer community to defend itself from all of these outrageous accusations just f- as we are working to make lives a little easier and a little bit more pleasant. You know? I mean, there, there, there's there's a name for this. I can't remember what it is, but it is, it is a, a fallacy. But anyway, um, confusing the individual for the group and conv- confusing the group for the individual is very different. If someone is saying that person is a groomer, I'm not going to stand here and say not all gay men are groomers if the accusation is about that person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, show me your evidence about that person. If you want to talk about if somebody comes out and says all gay men are groomers, I'm like, okay, well, now we're going to address the issue about whether or not all gay men are groomers. There have been instances where individual drag queens at Drag Queen Story Hour have been accused. I'm like, well, what is the basis of your accusation? If you're saying all of them are, I'm going to be like, well, no, 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 that's stupid. If you're going to say that one is, then I'm going to be like, you need to provide evidence. You need to provide uh, a reason for saying that. And I'm not going to confuse the part with the whole. If you're going to say that person, I'm just going to say, fine. Okay. That you're accusing that person. I'm not going to defend. Yeah. I'm not going to use not all gay men as a defense. If, if the accusation is about that one person. Uh, and there have been times where actually there were people who who did generate evidence that maybe not necessarily grooming, but somebody was not the kind of person who normally would pass a security check. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's that's something that that I don't know. I, I think you just got to be careful with that. I'm not going to make the not all gay men defense if you're talking about individuals. Uh, that case in New Zealand, that's not a good example for what I'm talking about, because that, that kind of was kind of indicating that all the, the story hours are like that. But. I don't know. I, I think I think people just need to to apply more reason to what they're doing. Yeah, and, and it is it is very heated, and it yeah. is very emotional language. It is language designed to uh, tap into the deepest levels of of disgust that uh, that could possibly happen. Is like this event is so atrocious these are the worst of the words that we can find to say how Mm. atrocious it is whereas it's just their personal opinion you know what i mean it's it's absolutely abhorrent if we and it's you know you're more likely to to run into that at a at a a scout camp than you are at a drag queen story hour you know what i mean it is it is outrageous the the, Mm -hmm. the facts and figures just do not add up um it's also worth pointing out that that this is voluntary. This is not like uh, a school-wide event where all the kids in a given school are brought down to the, the the gymnasium to sit on the floor with their legs crossed and watch a drag queen, drag queen uh, read a book. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the no drag one's queen holding a gun to your head, telling you yeah, you yeah. have to go to a library, and then yeah. do with thirty minutes of a, a sweaty drag queen telling you about two penguins who raised a, a, a you know an, an egg. You know, all the kids are there happening. with their parents. If you think that the parents are doing a bad thing, talk to the parents. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're doing it voluntarily, that the parents are there with the kids. If the parents see something they don't like, they're just going to grab their kid and leave. Yeah. I've been at events where what? people grab their kids and leave. Like, that's, that's, if they've, they've made their choice, just leave them. 
I think what irritates me the most about all of these accusations against LGBTQ drag story hours and, and other events is that it fundamentally starts to water down what that accusation really is. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like if if everything is as bad as the Nazis, for example, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then what it means to be as bad as the Nazis becomes watered down. Um, I did want to mention that a 20-year-old has been arrested for aggravated homosexuality. He's now actually being prosecuted. Um, for those who aren't familiar, in Uganda, about three months ago, the laws were changed uh, to introduce, among other things, the death penalty for what was coined aggravated homosexuality. They provided a couple of examples. Uh, mm -hmm. This 21-year-old, the name's not been released, uh, was arrested after having um, uh, sexual intercourse with a man in his 40s. Apparently, it was unlawful, according to this Ugandan law. They did not demonstrate how it was aggravated. Uh, they've mm -hmm. not released that information in the charge sheet that was seen by Reuters uh, news agency. Uh, this is now the first person to be arrested. Now, Uganda hasn't killed anybody. Well, let me correct that. Uganda hasn't applied the death penalty to anyone in about 20 years. Um, mm -hmm. But this law was a recent one to be rolled out. This is the first test case of it. Um, there are about three or four other people who have been arrested on it, but uh, this is the first one that's going to hit the uh, hit the court system, as it were. Um, the gentleman's lawyer is arguing that the entire law is unconstitutional, um, mm -hmm. and uh, but it's going to work its way through the courts and through the judges. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up is we were talking about how you know very often the expectation of there being a law. And then mm. every single officer becoming an overnight expert in how that law is applied is frankly mm. just ridiculous. There are so many laws introduced and changes that we can't expect all police officers to, to suddenly become experts in, in every element of the law. Well, here's a case in point. You said the 21-year-old was arrested? Yeah. No report on the 40-year-old? No. So how is it aggravated homosexuality for one but not the other? Exactly. So like... Yeah. Either the law is weird or the police didn't know how to apply it or one of them jumped out a window. But like mm -hmm. there's something very weird about the fact that one person was arrested for something that takes at least two people. And this is the point I was getting when we spoke about when this law was being rolled out. It's like, yeah. look, you're you're giving people a tool. Mm hmm and a lot of discretion in how to use it. And the mm -hmm. fact is that it opens up the world for abuse by less scrupulous police uh, officials in Uganda. You know, mm -hmm. the fact that the call sheet didn't have the what made it aggravated, the fact that this is now the third or fourth person to be arrested, the first one mm -hmm. uh, to be prosecuted. Um, yeah, it's grim. It is grim. There is uh, corporal punishment does remain a thing in Uganda. Given that they haven't uh, put anyone to a death penalty in 20-odd years, I would be surprised if this is the case that's going to bring it back. Um, you know, I think it's more of a more of a deterrent. But, you know, it, there's something it's probably not looking particularly great. Uh, but, yeah, we, uh, we've been keeping an eye on it. Now, nearby in Nigeria, I think about 200 people were recently uh, rounded up, of whom I think 67 uh, were arrested. Now... They've been accused of allegedly conducting and attending, conducting and attending a same-sex wedding ceremony in Nigeria. 
uh, homosexuality mm-hmm. in Nigeria is uh, against the law with punishment of up to 14 years in prison. Um, about 100 people were initially arrested and I think 67 uh, of them were charged uh, and then they were marched in front of uh, various news outlets. Um, so yeah, Were they arrested in aiding and abetting homosexuality like what were they arrested in on a gay wedding yeah exactly yeah i mean honestly on the one hand i'm like nigeria is not known for for destination gay weddings yeah. um, and maybe attending it is uh, a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a leap but also if it's not legal then i can't imagine it being a, a you know i don't imagine there was a priest there in a legal you know process and what have you but yeah the mm. police came arrested uh, over 100 people the first time 67 of them have now been charged um really if anything this is the nigerian police and the nigerian state really demonstrating that uh, this is not something that they are going to be tolerating mhm mhm a uh, similar story. Well, this is an older story out of Caracas in uh, Venezuela. Now, the, the, the incident happened in July, July 23rd. Uh, there was a uh, a men's spa, we'll leave it at that, uh, in Caracas, uh, where the police raided it. And uh, 33 men were arrested. And their social media, their names, their ages, and their details were posted on Twitter. And they were arrested, and the owners of the bars, um, the reason why this this story is being reported now is because legal proceedings have started. And one of the complaints that they have is that um, there are uh, gray market decriminalized pseudo-legal brothels in Venezuela. And they were saying that they had filled out that these bars, the the Avalon Man Spa is what it's Mm -hmm. called. Uh, they had filed all their paperwork. They did everything appropriately. They had, they had, um, they were in the system as far as they knew. They were completely legit. Not only that, but but facilities like this tend to be above board, like way above board. Like if you need, I don't know, a, a, a six inch safety railing, they'll give you a two foot safety railing just so that the police leave them alone. And there have been complaints, not only of the fact that the uh, a lot of gay bars are starting to get raided by police in venezuela but specifically the way that the men were treated there are stories like that actually here in ottawa and where you are in toronto of uh, from the 80s of gay bars being raided and all the names and numbers and personal details of people being released so this is pretty concerning uh, venezuela has historically been i don't want to say gay friendly but like gay legally okay okay legally apathetic yeah so legally uh, ambivalent yeah the human rights of the individual are protected you you can't lose your job you can't lose your house uh this is a weird turn that a lot of people don't know what to do with Mm um there we are just about out of time i did want to mention that there was a brazil high court ruling that found in a nine to one ruling that uh hate speech uh, homophobic hate speech is on par with racist hate speech in Brazil, uh, really rolling out increased uh, protections. I think there's about 14-year yeah. prison sentence for it. Uh, Brazil however, and Argentina both have good reputations these days. Absolutely. Well, we have run out of time. We will keep mm-hmm. an, an eye on the world of international LGBTQ stories and here in Canada. I have been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And, and thank you for oh i forgot what, what we're are we playing, playing out with? with happy to be here by siski i've been luke smith and i'm in sebastian and thank you for listening <laughs>
sai 